JWF Monday Night Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon. Joined by a man who's going to be a rumbling in the jungle in just a few short weeks. It's Captain Tibbs. I love it, Silver. Ah, we're back, and we're better than ever, I guess. Probably. (laughs) That that is right, Tibbs, because we are on our way to, I'll be honest, we like to put over Russell Palooza as the biggest show of the year, but in my opinion, there is no greater show in the JWF than the Regal Rumble. Of course, headlined by the Regal Rumble match itself, which sees 30 men enter the ring, but only one can leave with the chance to go to Wrestlepalooza to challenge for the biggest prize in the business, the JWF Championship. Mm-hmm. And so it is an opportunity for any one of those competitors to catapult themselves straight into the main event. That's something that you don't get every day. That is right, and let's not forget a man who just got a big advantage in that match known as the Jebeduk. The man's already number one in the power rankings. Last week on JWF Defiance, we had an absolutely killer eight-man battle royal that was won by the Jebeduk, securing him that coveted number 30 spot in the Rumble. That means everyone's going to be out and exhausted by the time Jeb hits the ring. Uh-huh, exactly. And for Jebeduk, it could just be smooth sailing straight on to Wrestlepalooza. That is right, but in addition to that, we don't know who his opponent is going to be because the Regal Rumble is going to have one hell of a JWF Championship match as our champion, the Dylan, decided to hold out a uh, the olive branch, as it were, to the former JXT champion, Mark Plays, and say, hey, I know you've not had a match on this main roster yet, but I want to give you the opportunity right out the gate. Well, Sills, I, I have to applaud the effort. I mean, the Dylan's a good sport. He's a great champion. But I'm not really sure if this type of olive branch is really something that Mark Blaze is going to be accepting of. He might just use it as an opportunity to uh, uh, make uh, some of his uh, intentions towards Dylan No. As I give him an inch, he will take a proverbial mile. But for right now, our champion, the technical spectacle, the Dylan is in the ring. So why don't we hear what the champ has to say? So Mark Plays comes out here, and he starts bragging to each and every person out in the ring how he is so special. He's so special that he skipped the line. He got chosen by me for his first match, for the JWF World Championship. And he is such an idiot that he never really understood what I was doing. See, Mark... The difference between you and me is that I am no idiot. See, I recognize what you are, who you are. I've dealt with a hundred guys like you in the past. I'll probably deal with a hundred more of you in the future. See, I'm not dealing with you now. I'm not having a match with you now because you're so special that I, I see something in you that's so great and unique and you're so once in a lifetime. No. I am taking care of you now because I know if I don't, you'll be like every other little gnat in this company, constantly buzzing around me and annoying me until they're dealt with. And I have decided that the time to deal with you is in your infancy in this company so that you understand one thing, that I 
and the JWF champion. And I understand that you think you deserve to be champion. You think you have what it takes. Well, good for you. Everyone thinks they have what it takes to be champion. It's the first thing they tell you in training. Either you want to be champion or you get out. The difference is here, there's only one man who deserves to be champion, me. And guess what? You're going to have to get Oh, well, listen to that, Tips. That is the music of Mark Plays, and it looks like the number one contender is not exactly happy with what the champ's been spitting on the mic tonight. Not at all, Sills. We are about to see a calamitous this coming together of the Dylan and Mark Plays. This championship is something you earn. I worked too hard for this business. I am the technical spectacle, the Dylan Beep Boop Bop. And you know something, D-Bag? I'd agree with just about everything you said there. You see, in the JWF, you need to bleed, sweat, and work your ass off to become the JWF champion. That is, if you're someone like the Dylan in the JWF, that championship represents greatness in the man who holds it. If you're someone like the Dylan in the JWF, it takes grit and determination and pain to get to the top. If you're someone like the Dylan. But if you're Mark Plays, all it takes is one kill steal and the referee's hand slapping that mat three times. Because Dylan, believe me, I've watched your career and believe me, you have been through some rough times, bud, but you came out of all of them on top, right? After all, you have got the JWF championship over your shoulder. You've got, well, you had a near 700-day undefeated streak, and you are without a doubt the man to beat in this company. But my question for you, D-Bag, is this. What happens next? What happens when that championship slips out from between your fingers? What happens when the mystique and lore behind the Dylan falls away? You'll simply be left alone with yourself as the only disciple left that will listen to the bullshit you preach while I, championship or not, came to this main roster as a legend. And I will stay on this main roster a legend, and when I get a better money offer and jump ship in a couple of years, I will jump ship as a legend. So please, Dylan, I'm seeing that you're upset. Why don't you put on a little smile, enjoy that title reign while you can, because believe me, once it's gone, things will... <laughs> Tibbs, Mark plays coming out and making things known very quickly. I mean, in our company, in all of pro wrestling, there are two types of men, men that make the belt and men that are made by the belt. And it looks like Mark plays accusing Dylan of being the, uh, the latter there. Uh, very interesting uh, outlook, Sills. Uh, I think Mark's a great guy, great competitor, great mind for the business, but I don't, I don't know if he's looking at the Dylan's 
entire career the way that some of us, like the, us on commentary, can look at it. That is right. You can see the champion looking furious, though. I think these mind games might have worked. Looks like he's going after Mark, but oh my god, what the hell? Tibbs, who the hell is that in the middle of the ring? That, that hooded figure just hit the champion with a low blow, and the Dillons fall into the mat. What the hell is going on? I don't know. This individual just ran into the ring, and it looks like I, I can't tell. Oh, well, now it looks like they're taking that hood off, and Tibbs, that's, that's Tiffany. That is Tiffany. Mark plays his girlfriend. I thought she was left in developmental in JXT, but apparently Mark plays has held out a hand, brought his girlfriend up here, and he is, she is quickly coming into play, working for the uh, for the number one contender. Sills, if I remember correctly, they did something similar in JXT, and I think we're starting to see them go back to some of their old tricks. Now looks like the influencers now standing tall over the Lord of the Smart Side, but hey, there's one thing greater than a Lord, and it is the God, specifically the God of the JWF, the man known as Momoa Curry, who a couple of weeks ago shocked the world when he announced that his match at this year's Wrestlepalooza would be his final, his retirement match. And Tibbs, that is news that broke the heart of the entire JWF universe. I'll just come out and say it. Oh, I know, Sills. Everybody is heartbroken to hear that Momoa Curry, he's hanging up his boots, but... I say I understand it completely. I understand the want to just ride off into the sunset, and I think Momoa Curry finally thinks it's time. That is right, but one man who certainly didn't come to this upset, but instead came to this almost uh, aggressive, is the man who is going to be facing Momoa Curry at the Regal Rumble, Scotty Moore. A man who came out to the ring and basically looked at Momoa and said, before you leave, I want to see the god of the JWF, because Tibbs, every time Scotty and Momoa went toe-to-toe, -to -toe, Scotty's managed to get the advantage. And I don't know if this has put some sort of seed in his mind that he's never faced Momoa Curry outright, that he wants to face the real man himself. But I don't know. I think Scotty may have bitten off more than he can shoot. I know what you mean, Sills. I, I know that uh, the record speaks for, for itself, though, between Scotty Moore and Momoa Curry. You follow the tail of the tape all the way back. It favors Scotty Moore, but I think that he might finally be letting that overconfidence, uh, they might not keep it in check that much against Momoa Curry when he's riding at you like a full tsunami. That is right, of course, Momoa Curry getting real fiery, fiery last week, saying that the Scotty Moore of the past always earned his victory, but he didn't feel the Scotty Moore of the present could get it done. I mean, at the end of the day, Scotty is the one of the men behind JWF Defiance. He has a family to worry about. His... His mind is spread a whole lot more than it was in the past when he had to fight Momoa. Uh, very understandable. This is, And this is Momoa Curry as focused as I've ever seen himself, I'll tell you that. That is right, but for right now, Scotty Moore, the hero of the JWF, is backstage right now with one of our top interviewers. So why don't we hear what Momoa Curry's opponent has to say? Hello everybody, Honeypot McBlueberries and Rainbows here, backstage with a man who is officially set to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Momoa Curry at this year's Regal Rumble, Scotty Moore. And I've been told you got a request for that match. Yeah, uh, Honeypot, thanks. Uh, at the Regal Rumble, it is going to be Scotty Moore 
versus a man who I can pray opens up his little old box of memories and can pull out the god of the JWF one more time. And you know what, Momoa, last week, I think I finally caught a tiny little glint in your eye of that godliness. I saw a little bit of fire returning to the belly of the beast, and I saw that ambition. I saw that hunger that I have not seen since you first challenged me unsuccessfully, I might add, for the JWF Championship. But what blows my mind, Momoa, is that you think that because of my position in the office now, because I have a family, because I'm not living paycheck to paycheck, that all of that somehow makes me less dangerous in the ring. You referred to me, I believe, as the white trash version of Cody Rhodes, which I think is quite unfair. After all, my wife can actually wrestle. You see, Momoa, you see my family, you see my position in office as a hindrance to my abilities when they are actually the exact opposite. Because now, I've actually got something to fight for. You see, I've got a class of students looking up to me, a wife that loves to see me dripped in gold, and a daughter that in roughly 17 years is going to be pinning your daughter for the JWF Women's Championship. You see, beforehand, all I had to fight for was for me, and that's not much to fight for at all, but now I have got hundreds of reasons why I have to to get into that ring and prove to everyone that I deserve your respect. And you know, Momoa, I've realized something over the past few weeks, and it's that if I really, <laughs> if I really want to see the god of the JWF, I guess I'm going to have to come to him on his own turf. So why don't we up the ante, big man, and finally see who the best is in a nautical rules match. And if you want a little preview of what's waiting for you, Momoa, tune in this Wednesday to Defiance because I am going up against a little friend of yours, Robert Hill. And you know I've had a fun little streak lately of taking down the giants of this company, so why don't I do what you couldn't and plant his head into the mat and pin him one, two, three. And maybe, just maybe then, you'll take me seriously. Well, Tibbs, we thought the boy had bitten off more than he can chew, but I think Big Man just unhinged his jaw because now he is not just facing the god of law, god of the sea, god of the JWF. He's facing him in a damn nautical rules match. So, uh, this is... I, I don't know what Scotty Moore is thinking right here. Then again, Scotty Moore has had some distinguished nautical rules matches themselves, but Momoa Curry is one of the reasons that match exists. Is right. I mean, he has faced off against you in nautical rules, your son in nautical rules. And it, let me tell you something all three of you have not walked out of that match the same since walking in. But in addition, Scotty bringing it up this Wednesday on JWF Defiance, he's going toe to toe with Robert Hill, a man who has already admittedly not had a big start to the J1. Starting off with a loss to Griffin Clouds, and you know Robert has wanted 
to get that win back, wanted to get that momentum going. And let me tell you something, if Scotty does not keep his dukes up, that could spell danger for him this Wednesday. Exactly, Sills. It's like you mentioned earlier, Scotty's got his hands on a lot more pies now than he used to. He's got a lot more on his plate. And this Momoa Curry that we are seeing, his, he is on a straight line trajectory to retirement. He is not holding anything back anymore. Scotty Moore is going to have to keep his wits about him and watch his back. That's right, and speaking of another man who's been having to watch his back lately, why don't we talk about Scotty's co-commentator on JWF Defiance, the man known as Blake Tanner, who's essentially, since the birth of Defiance, made it his mission to wrestle every single week, put his skills to the test every single week against a different competitor. And of course, on last week's episode, it wasn't Blake putting his, uh, his skills to the test, but instead the returning Funky Flossie who returned to the ring, saved Blake Tanner from a beatdown by Ghazi, but unfortunately the Nightmare got the upper hand on Defiance, and that is why Blake Tanner is still sitting here wondering what it's going to take to go after the Nightmare. Well, Silza, you got to think about it. I mean, a couple weeks ago, Ghazi attacked Blake with a, a steel pipe. Last week, he drug him down to the ring, made him answer for what he called it, uh, the, the problems in his character that Gazi sees. He basically just called Blake out uh, for all of this that he's doing in the grandstanding and hot dog, and some would say. Uh, Blake, who has partially the book and is inserting himself in every single match. Well, that is right. Well, I mean, also, in addition to that, you got to remember the past of Blake Tanner before this recent resurgence in his career. He did not always do things that we, even on our commentary booth, agreed with. I mean, Funky Flossie, the man who saved Blake Tanner, had his hand broken and was taken out of action by Blake himself. And if it wasn't for the fact that I think they uh, had a conversation in the hospital where Blake apologized, I don't think Funky would have returned or made that save. That is probably true, Sills, but I, I mean, that is something that goes to show the other part of the character of Blake Tanner, somebody who is willing to admit mistakes, somebody who is willing to try to get better at them. So you gotta, you gotta take the good with the bad with a guy sometimes. That is right, but for right now, Blake Tanner is in our ring, so why don't we hear what the man known as the Bee has to say regarding Gazi, Funky Flossie, and this whole situation. Gazi, I am only going to say this once, so make sure you're listening. Last week was eye-opening for me, in a lot of ways, because, well, for once, I have to admit that you were right, Gazi. There are men in this industry that become legends because of their hard work, their determination, and because they never stop working. And there are men who become legends out of convenience, or even coincidence. And despite what people in the back or even on commentary have had to say in recent weeks, I... I have and I had no right to come out here and take spots from guys that deserve it more. Guys like the Jebedook, guys like Crush Atlas, even Funky Flossie. A man who... I completely derailed his career trajectory. I put him in the hospital. I injured him. I could have taken away the use of his hand in the ring for good. It could never be as good as it used to be. And last week, instead of getting in the ring with me 
and punching me in the jaw and sending me to the hospital like I deserved. He shook my hand and he even went to bat for me last week on Defiance. And as I watched that match, I realized what my biggest strength really is. And that it had actually been my biggest weakness as well. Ever since I lost the JWF Championship, I've been, well, for lack of a better word, group after group after group. I've never been alone, desperately trying to find some kind of confidence in numbers. But instead, I just got lost in the shuffle. I disappeared into nothingness. I became Mr. Cellophane. Whether it was Team JXT, the Dynasty, or even when I was back in the BS, Blake Tanner, just like Funky Flossie last week, had not fought for himself in a very long time. In fact, the last time I did was probably when I lost the JWF Championship. And when I've lost basically who I was for a long time. And now, Ghazi, I... I'm seeing you make the exact same mistakes I have. You came to this company with Team JXT. You broke away and you aligned yourself with Lawrence Whitney and then Demon Inc. Hell, you even studied under me for a bit there, but... I've never seen the Nightmare fight for himself. I've never seen the real Ghazi in the ring. I've seen Ghazi doing other people's bidding. So how about this? This Wednesday on Defiance, you give the world a real look at the Nightmare. How about it? Well, Tibbs looks like Blake Tanner has thrown down the gauntlet right now saying, Hey, Gazi, I've walked the path you have. Do not make the mistakes I have. But well, if you listen to that, that is not the music of Gazi, but instead his associate, Big Cyrus Crane. And of course, their manager, Lawrence Whitney, walking out. And you can see Blake looking pretty disappointed. I would have to say so, Sills. I was bet he I bet he was hoping to see Gazi here and hatch it out one on one, but of course Lawrence Whitney has to come up and muck everything up. Well, let's hear what uh, the leader of the Whitney family has to say. Well, well, well. If this isn't just a big old quinky dink we find ourselves in here. I mean, Cyrus, I was just telling Cyrus that his behavior last week after his match with Crush Atlas was simply unacceptable, fully unacceptable, and therefore, I let him know earlier that he has until the end of the week to make that little transgression up to me. What? What are you talking about? He raised his opponent's damn hand. That's just good sportsmanship. No, no, no. That is admitting weakness. That is admitting you've lost, which, you know, <laughs> doesn't shock me to see you defending, of all people, but... Cyrus and I have come up with a nice little way to get big boy back in my good standings because you want a match with my nightmare and we're more than willing to give it to you. Just not this week. No, my nightmare, he doesn't fight on any silly little show that you all have the book for. No, little daddy's gonna get paid and he's gonna get paid at the Regal Rumble. 
But on the way there, the Whitney family is going to have itself a whole, whole lot of fun because this Wednesday on the show, Blake Tanner raised himself defiance. It is going to be Blake Tanner versus Big Cyrus Crane. That is, if Mr. Bookerman's got the balls to book the match. I mean, I understand if you don't. I really do. After all, you are Blake Tanner, right? You've got a whole show to run, a massive J1 tournament to participate in. You know what? We'll leave. It's probably not the best idea for you to go toe-to-toe with the largest athlete in the JWF on your Whitney, day off. you're on. I'm sorry? Fuck it. You want me to fight him? If it means I finally get to shove my boot down Gazi's throat for once and teach him a lesson, then you're on. Well, Tibbs, looks like the match has been made this Wednesday on Defiance. It is going to be Blake Tanner versus Big Cyrus Crane. And we have seen a lot of big mistakes coming lately from both of the BS boys, but I think... This might be one of the biggest ones. I mean, Whitney was not wrong. Blake Tanner is currently in the J1, the largest tournament in this company's history where the winner is, gets to become the number one contender to the JWF Championship. Blake needs to be focused on that, but instead, looks like his mind instead just wants to go after Gazi, no matter who he needs to run through. Yeah, so that is a... Listen, there is something that you gotta learn as a booker, as a promoter. As somebody backstage, as somebody who has the ear, or who every wrestler has to have your ear. You never book mad, Sills. And Blake Tanner right now, he just got mad and booked something. Lawrence Whitney, he pushed all the buttons. That is right, but hey, big return to the ring this week for Big Cyrus and a bigger return in the form of Guy Fieri, a former JWF World Heavyweight Champion who, of course, around this time last year lost that championship to your son, Chuck Tibbs. And ever since, we've not seen the King of Flavortown. It wasn't until the J1 was announced that Fieri finally came back to the JWF and made his intentions known to win this tournament of tournaments because at the end of the day, if Fietti's career here was built on anything, it was on those massive tournaments. Very true, Sills. He had a habit of going all the way in more than a few. And, and I think that as soon as he heard of a new tournament, I know Guy Fietti's got a lot going on right now on his plate, but I, I think that he's just decided to add an extra helping of JWF. That is right, and for right now, the king of Flavortown, ahead of his big match this week, this Wednesday against Chuck Tibbs, is backstage with one of our top interviewers. So why don't we hear what Guy Fieri's got to say? Ladies and gentlemen, Dad the Dad McDonald backstage here with a man who's excited to make his return to the JWF this Wednesday on Defiance, the former champ himself, Guy Fieri. Now, Guy, last time we saw you was... Well, about this time last year when you lost the JWF Championship. What brings you back? What brings me back is opportunity, McDonald. What brings me back is the opportunity to do what I do best and show all of you people exactly who Guy Fieri is. Because when I lost that championship a little over 365 days ago, I lost 
I lost who I was. You see, when you build up your whole career around needing that belt, needing that championship to prove that I am who I say I am, doesn't turn out well for the old mental health when you lose the belt. So, took some time off, rested up the old bones, and to be honest, I was getting ready to hang the boots up on that wall where all the greats have hung theirs, but then I realized I wasn't done. Not yet. Because I may have realized that I didn't need a championship to be great, but I also had not proven my greatness yet. You see, it's easy to say you're great. It's a lot harder to prove it. And this Wednesday, I'm going to turn JWF Defiance into my own personal proving ground when I step between these ropes against an old friend of mine, Chuck Tibbs. And as I make my debut in this year's J1 tournament, and for a lot of the guys in that tournament, they are still young. They still got a lot to prove, and they are hungry, but let me tell you now, there is no one in that tournament hungrier than Guy Fieri. And I'm gonna take that competition and throw them to that mat over and over and over until I get what I want. And that's victory. Because Guy Fieri's back for one reason, and one reason only. To show you people exactly who I am, and that's the king of damn Flavor Town and the winner of the 2022 J1. And if I'm not, well, let's just say I may not know what's next for the career of Guy Fieri. Thank you. Well, Tibbs, things took a twist right there at the end. Uh, Guy Fieri basically letting it know, be known that this J1, if he doesn't succeed, this could be the last time we see the King of Flavortown and JWF. Well, so that is a big announcement from Fieri, and that is something that something that I know that I, I really wouldn't want to see uh, Guy Fieri potentially hanging up his boots, but he knows best if he thinks that this tournament's his last shot, and he doesn't have what it takes anymore. Not like when he was in his prime, then sometimes you just gotta hang him up. I hope he doesn't. That is right, Tibbs. Well, I thought, um, I thought we were done with old Lawrence Whitney, but as you can hear, the music of our JWF Tag Team Champions, Demon Inc., ringing over the uh, the comm there and tips we've not seen these guys since the tibby awards where demon inc were offered up the award for tag team of the year but of course we didn't hear from sandy sin we didn't hear from alistair bateman instead lawrence whitney took the trophy and i'm fairly sure took the accolades as well absolutely Sills. although lawrence whitney did seem to deem it a success by his standards because nobody attacked him or attacked demon inc Real Tibby's tradition. <laughs> that is right, Tibbs. But for now, Lawrence Whitney is in the ring with the JWF Tag Team Champion. So why don't we hear what he's got to say, unfortunately? <sighs> you know, ever since I started in this little business they call pro wrestling, everyone warned me against one little thing. Becoming the big fish in the proverbial small pond, being the big name in the small company, they told me it would inflate my ego, it would force me to settle for less, but now 
I'm unfortunately seeing the biggest consequence of being a big fish in a small pond, and it's the fact that the big fish has ate up every single little motherfucking one of you in our way until there are now no little fishies left. And thus, unfortunately, my big fish is left to starve. And that's exactly how my boys here, the tag team of the year themselves, Demon Inc. feel because they are beyond big fish in a small pond. They are sharks swimming in a pool of goldfish. And they have been here less than a year. And would you look at that? Every single little fishy tag team in the back has been tossed in the air and swallowed whole by these two forces of nature. And it's sad, really, having destroyed the very tag team division we sought to rejuvenate, but also, I gotta say, folks, it feels damn good to stand here as the manager of the greatest tag team of this or any other era, and that is why Demon Inc. are going. Nope, oh, Tim's listen to that. That's that is the music of the wild-eyed Southern boys who uh, we know ever since last year's Summerfest have been itching to get back in action ever since dropping their former manager, AJ Steele. Very true, Sills, and what a statement to make the Southern boys coming out, ruining this horrible, horrible celebration uh, that Lawrence Whitney seems to have been trying to force on our audience. Oh, well, it looks like Sam Adams, the American beer man himself, has grabbed the mic, so why don't we hear what the wild-eyed Southern boy has to say? So, uh, little fish, that's what you want to call us, right? Alright, look, son, maybe you forgot exactly who the hell we are because everything you've been doing for the past few months, we have done a whole hell of a lot better two years ago. You see, this man right here is Houston Longhorn, a former tag champion, a former world champion, and a man who has been itching to take his size 12 boot and shove it up both your asses. And then... You got me, Sam Adams. Now I may not have any singles titles to my name, no big championships under my belt, but what I do have is respect. Respect from each and every one of those men in the back and every single one of the people in that audience. And I also damn near beat both of you single-handedly for those championships just a few short months ago. You see, unlike you two, we ain't the flavor of the month here in the JWF. We are what you call the people's choice. You see, when you lose a championship, usually it relegates you to obscurity. And not the wild-eyed southern boys. No, you see, we kept going because even when we didn't believe in ourselves, these people did. And unlike the rest of the tag teams in that division, we kept fighting. And we're gonna keep fighting. And we're more than willing to fight both of you this Wednesday on Defiance. But we ain't gonna do it on our own, nah. No. We're gonna have the spirits of each and every person in this audience with us. And we're also gonna have our fists taped and our knuckles bloody because this Wednesday, 
It'll be the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys versus Demon Inc. in a no-DQ. Well, Tibbs, listen to that. Uh, the American Beer Man throwing down the gauntlet. And I'm being told right now from our Defiance uh, matchmaking team that it is confirmed this Wednesday, the main event, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys taking on Demon Inc. in a no-DQ street fight. This is going to be amazing. I have to agree, Sills. This is the kind of thing that we've been wanting to see. Demon Inc., they may have proven themselves a hell of a tag team, but I don't think they've seen a challenge the likes of, of, of uh, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, and this is the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys that we all know and love. That is right. In addition, this Wednesday, we're going to see Scotty Moore taking on Robert Hill and Guy Fieri versus Chuck Tibbs and two amazing J1 tournament matchups. And then also we're going to see how Blake Tanner fares when he goes toe to toe with the big man of the Whitney family, Cyrus Crane. It's going to be another jam-packed defiance, so don't you miss it. That is right. Make sure to tune in next week where we are going to hear from Mark Plays ahead of his big matchup at the Regal Rumble. We are going to talk. I'm going to have a sit-down interview with Momoa Curry and Scotty Moore ahead of what is set to be their final match at the Regal Rumble. And I'm being told that, unfortunately, Lawrence Whitney has booked out another segment to, to talk. Tibbs, you can't you can't keep giving them these booking spots like a week out. I'm sorry, Sills, I can't help it. It's a clause in the contract for the champions. They get the time, and technically, since he's their manager, he gets their time slot. Well, phenomenal. And that's all going to come to you live next week on JWF Monday Night Ignition, the final ignition before the Regal Rumble. It is going to be an absolutely amazing week of wrestling. But until then, remember to support us at patreon.com slash load of BS or pick up merch for your favorite superstars at merch.loadofpurebs.com. Make sure you support us in every single way. And Tibbs will love you back. That is right. But until next time, he's been Captain Tibbs. I've been Silver Spoon, and this has been JWF Ignition. And we will see you next time.